Welcome to another edition of the Roar of the Lions UK podcast, episode number 72, Judgment Day. I'm joined by my three co-hosts, Martin Burrow, Anthony Fitzpatrick, Ryan McCluskey. How are you doing, boys? Good, thanks. Yeah, good, thanks, yeah. Let's see. Uh, just digesting what's going on throughout the day. I've been crying into a tub of ice cream for the last couple of hours, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm very good at the minute. Okay, but what flavour is it though? That's what Twitter wants to know. I told I told him it was fish food. It was lovely, but it was bittersweet. Really, yeah. really bittersweet. It just did not taste like it should do. It's just yeah. I think I think the saltiness of my tears messed with the flavour. It was fish food, it's now salted caramel or something, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> salty tears. What up, though, to all of you guys watching along on YouTube and Twitch? Hi to Ashley, to Depp Fanman, Dimbap Zoom, Go Lions. Thank you for coming on. I'm just going to start off by probably apologizing because I am hella hungover. Uh, it is 8 p.m. the next day, and I am hanging by a thread. So let's just get through it, boys. <laughs> let's see what happens. Um, just to fill in on why it was one of my best friend's weddings yesterday he didn't do speeches but he gave me a toast to do it was a four four and a half minute toast <laughs> so got properly into it adrenaline was flowing alcohol then flowed probably more than it should have done my girlfriend had to drive me home because i was in no fit state whatsoever so on that backdrop we've then been preparing this podcast so it's all gonna be fun and games right um, Martin, I'm throwing straight to you to talk about London tickets, which went on sale in the last week. Yeah, I don't know um, if people managed to read some of the comments online that they'd been set to join a queuing service from 9.30 in the morning. Um, but it, it appeared that that opened much earlier than that. So I think a number of people that did join at 9.30 and later either missed out or didn't get the ones that they particularly wanted to get. So well, I know what we what I was discussing with you guys is I think it's you know the the fan bases for all teams are growing exponentially at the moment. I think if there was something more official like a fan club for each club, and I think those people should get the priority when those teams come over before it goes out to general sale. And I think you know that's perhaps something that the, the league need to consider in in the coming years. I think, for example, if you know if if the Lions were playing and the demand is there, no matter which game it is, I think I think we've seen that now. It doesn't matter who the teams are, the demand is there for them. So, I think it's you know if the Lions were coming over and and you joined the queue at nine thirty and you couldn't get a ticket till uh, gone eleven or you couldn't get one full stop, I think you'd be pretty pissed. But um, I know Ryan talked about tout tickets, but. They seem to be snapped up really quickly, but I think I don't know what everyone else's experience of that was. I mean, I, I couldn't even get on the bloody thing. I tried to join the queue at 9.30 at work, and by the time I did, I was like 60,000th in the queue. So <laughs> it did not work out well for me, but Knight in Shining Armour, Martin Burrell came through for me for that game, so that was great. Um, I already had the other ticket. 
Uh, if any of you guys watching are going and you want to go for a drink during the weekend, hit us up because we'd love to do that. How about the rest of you guys? Uh, it's funny, actually. Just to test the method, I actually I bought a ticket, like you say, because there were thousands available. I don't want it. It's up for sale if anyone wants. I joined the queue at about half 11. There were 50,000 there. Been 40 minutes I got in. It was, frankly, a piece of piss. I wonder what the story so is there, then. Like it was hit and miss. Yeah, I wonder what the story is there, so then. If anyone wants to buy a jet ticket, face value, message me. Like you say, it was, it was a funny one. Like you say, I think people panicked. And like you say, felt they had to be on for like half nine. Like, especially for the Jets game, there were thousands left at 12, 1 p.m. Like I say, people were really panicking, causing huge queues. I think people, I don't know, just need to chill out a bit. Like, they definitely were still there, probably even into the afternoon. So I don't know, it's one of the things, there's a bit of the mass hysteria. Like I say, I've, I've got a ticket, like I say, I'll sell 20 Jets fans. Like I say, anyone just brought me a message. Like I say, I just did it for the... Just to test, see if I can get one. When I was there, I thought, well, if someone's struggling and can't get one, I'll buy one. Like I say, if any Jets fan anyone wants it, let me know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not doing the games this year. I'm. I'm saving up for my trip over to to watch Detroit next year. So it's all pennies going in the savings account for that one. But uh, you know, if if the Lions ever were to come over here, you know, I know there's people who listen to us over in America. Now, if anyone at the Lions would like to, you know, put a few aside for your British fan club here, we're spreading the word. We're doing a lot of good for you. We'd appreciate that a hell of a lot as well. So we don't have to go through the ticketing saga. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if anyone is going to the games this year, hit us up as well. That'd be great. But we are going to be coming out to the States too, as Ant says, and we'd love all the help we can get on that side of things. Right, for today's pod, for the rest of it, we're going to be going through the cuts that have already happened, then looking at Colts at lines and finishing off by considering the 53-man squad that we're going to have in about... A day's time or so. The deadline for cuts is 9 p.m. UK time tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. But we already know of nine people cut. And they are uh, guard Evan Heim, tackle Tyrell Crosby waved injured, and tackle Dan Skipper waved injured. Wide receivers Brashad Perryman, Victor Bolden, and Damian Rackley, no tackle Miles Brown, cornerback Mike Ford, and safety Elijah Holder. Lots of people in chat at the moment talking about the fact that Jelani Tavaiti is still here. It's 24 hours to go, guys. Let's not jump the gun on that one as yet. They obviously are very keen on him with the amount they've spoken about him up to this point. But just talking about the guys have definitely gone already. Uh, a couple of really big surprises. Let's go to Salty Tears fan Anthony Fitzpatrick first. How do you feel, mate? You know damn well how I feel, and that's cruel putting me up first. I'm still trying to process this information. You know, anyone who's listened to this podcast for any small amount of time knows how much I love Darrell Crosby. You know, they know my opinions on him last year. He was one of the few guys who stood up in that team and actually went from like a rotational guy to a starter. He worked his ass off. He was a culture guy. He was breath of fresh air around the locker room. And, you know, Sewell fell to us, which inevitably was his replacement, and he's now been waived. And I just think it's a terrible way to have 
dealt with him really. I know we tried to shop him as well. It's like, you know, we could have, he would have made a really good rotational piece this year, a swing tackle as a minimum, but he deserved a chance to fight for his job again. He did a lot last year and, you know, I can't believe unless it's for a serious injury that it's been done otherwise. I know Dan Campbell's come out and said he wasn't the best of guys, but, and I love Dan Campbell, but I find that very hard to believe. You know, he was very good to Sewell when he first came here, despite knowing he was ultimately going to replace him. And it's just, it's a tough one to take, that is. Like I said, I don't want to see players go who have worked their ass off to get in this team because so many who haven't worked anywhere near as hard are still there. So it was a shame, really. But I think out of everyone else, probably not too much that wasn't expected. I know Perryman will come as a shock to some, but he just... He just didn't look good at all. And I think it's a really brave decision from uh, Brad Holmes to just eat the money because we've already got enough dead cap this year. We had, what, 46 million already. It's hard to eat even more money, but he's admitted that he's made a mistake and he's he's pulled the plug on it, which is a good thing to see. You know, we're not just going to stick with failure here. So, yeah, on one player, it's very bittersweet, but I think on the rest, expected. What about the rest of you guys? Any particular thoughts on, on what's happened so far? Uh, well, I'd like to thank Dan Campbell for putting egg on my face because 48 hours ago on uh, Avery Giovanni's podcast, I was asked if I could protect one of the like bubble players. I picked Mike Ford. So thanks a lot. I wasn't surprised expecting him to be cut because he was good outside cornerback depth. He was growing, like you said, become like, say he'd, he was learning over four years. He'd taken a bigger jump than Jalen Reeves maybe, I feel. There was also a special team standout. He was the starting gunner. So I feel like he'll get picked up pretty quickly. Like you say, he won't revert back. I don't think there's any chance he's going to get back to us. He'll, like you say, he offered, I'd say, a decent value role. Like you say, his price wasn't too high. So I'm sad to see him go. Perryman is not surprised whatsoever. In NFL now, he couldn't make our home from hobo wide receiver room. Ain't going to make anyone else's. Like I say, you don't get no sentiment because your dad used to play for us. He just He's not good enough and he's never healthy. I'd rather eat two and have him waste the roster space. So I applaud Dan Campbell for swallowing that pride and uh, maxing him. But yeah, uh, the rest are to be expected. The rest had chances or injuries. Crosby, I can't believe we didn't trade him like we must have really got no serious offers, like I say. So there must be something telling about the injury or potentially Dan Campbell, like I say, just don't like him. Like I say, it's going to be something really. But yeah, he'll get picked up depending on that injury. Like I say, there's, there's guys I really want to see cut, but I'm not going to talk about them until hopefully they do get cut. <laughs> what about you, Martin? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Brian just said. I think the Crosby one is the surprise because of the depth in that at that position as well, which was a concern with his injury. But I, I would expect that he gets picked up quite quickly. Um, but yeah, the, the others, I think, you know, they've all had a good opportunity and a good run out. But what I think we're seeing is that ruthless nature that doesn't matter actually what's what's gone before. Players have been judged on what the coaching staff are seeing right now. So I think that we've seen that with the Crosby one there. And, you know, like Ryan said, I think the Perryman one was a uh, one that we all saw coming as a, as a potential. So, 
yeah, interesting to see what's going to happen in the next few days. I'm sure we won't be out of surprises. I think there'll be some more coming. So let's see. Yeah, I do think that Dan Campbell was really referring to Perryman when he was saying people who everyone was assuming was going to make it are not. And Crosby obviously has to be the other one. Mike Ford is a bigger surprise to me over Crosby just because he's been the starting nickel in camp for basically the entirety of camp bar the last, I don't know, week, half a week. So he's been repping there, had looked much better than he had done in the past, and now he's gone. And it's like, and the guy was mentoring um, Bobby Price, making the transition over to corner. So he's a guy who clearly will take time out of his day to help young guys progress and has done much better than he has in the previous years. And he was a restricted free agent, wasn't he? We picked up on the RFA tender. So I think a portion of that money gets guaranteed over and above what gets extended to normal free agents or undrafted guys. So that's a surprise to me. And I mean, my God, Perryman. Two million dollars or what four months work? Good job, man. Good job. That's a cracking annual salary on that basis. Um, yeah, the Ford one's a surprise because of the, the way he played on Friday night. I thought he had a, a solid game Friday night, which probably tipped him into the the um the making the roster for me, but then obviously, you know, we don't see everything that goes on. I think you know, so. the, th- the thing with him is, is you know. We've had a few years of a really bad secondary, and he's never really been able to nail down a spot there. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's the issue, and as we'll probably talk about later, there are guys who have come in who have done notably better. And I think you know, I think this is a move. Actually, yes, it's one that's not very well liked, but I think the result of it, people will like just because of who's going to get in instead. I think he had good versatility though. For I think you know he could have played. Several different cornerback slots. Um, a push, you could have, he could have provided some cover, safety, and then the special teams units. But um, know, you know, but there we go. Just to give a shout out to the rest of the guys that have joined us on YouTube. Here's Johnny said Ford just chased guys around. He had no upside. Depth fan man said Tavine Ford must have had some of the same coaching. And then Omar's coming saying he was inconsistent. I do feel obliged to parrot Steve's view on this, um, which I will paraphrase as Ford is shite. Um, <laughs> that's basically what he's been saying consistently all this time. And he's been proved right, um, apparently, because he's no longer on the team. Right, uh, let's move it on and talk about Colts at Lions. And we're going to go position by position after kind of a brief chat about the game overall. We're going to then all vote in terms of who we think is going to make the roster as we go. And then at the end, all of our votes will have been compiled and that will make the Roar of the Lions consensus 53-man roster. So it finished up Colts 27, Lions 17. Um, In terms of the scoring, it actually worked out very good for the Lions early on, leading at the half by 14-9. Then went into a 17-9 lead. The Colts came back with 18 straight points in the third, in the fourth quarter to take the W. Um, highlights for the Lions offensively, I guess, is that Tim Boyle looked like a quarterback for the first time this preseason, which is encouraging given his uh sorry, Ryan, but he did. He looked better. He looked better, um, which is something. Seven for nine, yeah, 33 in a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise. 
good outing for Jamar Jefferson, 11 carries for 43 yards, his best game of preseason so far. And Igwe Buke came in with seven carries for 25 yards and a touchdown. On the uh, defensive side, in fact, sorry, um, receivers, Cephas uh, got the receiving touchdown. Lovely move, actually, from him on the outside, beating his man um, on a slant route over the middle. Um throw was slightly behind him, managed to catch it without skipping a beat and, and get in quite easily, really. So that was really encouraging. Um, on the defense, Jerry Jacobs and Bobby Price. Close. Bobby Price, Jerry Jacobs, Marlowe and Hector led the team with five tackles apiece. Kevin Strong had two tackles for a loss, which was really impressive. And I don't have the sack. Defense. Sack. Oh, yes. Kevin Strong's sack as well. Very good. Passes defended. Should have been two. Should have been two. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the worst. Um, passes defended. Brass breakups. We had two for now departed Mike Ford. One for AJ Parker. One for Corn Elder, obviously, because that was a, a cracking interception. Um, and Bobby Price had a PBU as well as Bruce Hector had a PBU. How did that happen? Um, I had one down at the line of scrimmage. Fair. Right. I don't care about how Indy did because, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Apart from Sam Ellinger, 3 for 3 for 63 yards and 120 passer rating. There or thereabouts. Pretty dire, really. What did you think on the boy on the game, boys, generally? I quite, uh, liked, I quite liked the first half. I was quite... I think... I think to sum it up in a nutshell, first half was really good. We moved the ball a lot better. We kept possession of the ball a lot better. The defense did, you know, really well. We had successive three and outs. You know, we made some good plays. Elder got his uh, interception. And then I think it was just a case of, unlike the other two games, the the later, the third, the third round, you know, the third lot of guys came in and we just sort of went really stagnant. So obviously we only got three points in that second half. And then the Colts spent about the last eight minutes running the clock down, which was absolutely disgusting for a preseason game. And I thought, you know, just took any fun out of it whatsoever. You need to test, you know, these games to see what you're doing, not just run the ball forever and run the clock out to get a meaningless preseason win. But overall, I was, I was quite happy with it. I had good fun anyhow doing the tweet stream on there. It was kept entertained for a lot of the time. What about you, Ryan? Uh, in the end, I felt disappointed. I felt like it was the same old kind of Ryan's crap and like just not able to seek it out. Like it's, it's a crappy preseason game, I get that, but like the, for years, we've been so bad at seeing out things and like for just once, I'd have liked to like kept some of the second stringers in and like at least tried to see the game out like the end of the third to me they just gave up they gave put everyone in and just said everyone's done their work good night fellas go get a shower you boys go run around and have fun and like for me that was frustrating because of all the hard work we did that we maintained a good lead we tried to lead it out and then they kind of just bailed on the game then and I get I get why they did it but I just I just like to. I just like to have one win. I know it doesn't mean anything, but it's nice to see out preseason with a win. But no, like I say, they they did some decent stuff in the first half. They carried the ball pretty well. Like I say, Jamar Jefferson, Cephas looked pretty well. Defense, like it's in the first half, they were getting hands on the ball. They were batting stuff down. Like I say, so everyone was pretty buzzing around and they were active. 
yeah, like I say, it just it just ended very prematurely, and then it just became a bit of a uh, mess around in the second half of film. Yeah, I, mean, I was quite happy with how it went. Generally speaking, our our starters, so our second team basically beat beat the Colts' second team, and that's the first time this preseason that our second team has actually showed up. Because more often than not, it's been the third stringers beating the opposition's third stringers come the end of these first two preseason games. To actually see our second string have some success was really encouraging. What wasn't encouraging was what Ant had been speaking on in previous games of. Well, we went behind, but we kept trying and we saw some success eventually. You know, that shows that they've got some fortitude and backbone. But to see us collapse so resoundingly in the in the fourth quarter, I mean, they're not obviously going to be able to keep up that streak of performing really well into the fourth quarter every single game. But that was one of the things I was clinging on to was that sort of mental strength. And it kind of just seemed to disappear at the end. Now, I don't know how you feel on that, and given that that's the sort of drum you've been beating this offseason. Yeah, I know I, I mentioned it on stream. You know, we've seen the two games where they've come from behind. You know, that shows, you know, as you've said, the mentality Dan Campbell wants here. But, you know, you also need to show the same mentality. Because we saw it so many times under Matt Patricia, we would take big leads and then we would collapse and we would not be able to reverse the fortunes of games. And you look at that fourth quarter, it's 18 nil. I mean, we lost so many big quarters last year by 18 or more points which cost us a lot of games. And obviously you don't want to see that happening again. Now the only saving grace is obviously so many of our starters weren't out there by this point, but in terms of guys who were competing for the roster, it was disappointing from a lot of them to, uh, you know, that was because I said, this is your chance. Now these drives are your chance to try and get a place on this team to show that you can, you know, when your back's up against the wall, you can pull through. And unfortunately, you know, they didn't. So a lot of the guys getting cut this week, that'll have been their chance that they missed. And it's a shame. So it's disappointing. But as we said, it's, it's, these are the later round guys. These are the guys who are not going to be starting. So overall, I'm not too concerned. I saw enough from the bubble guys in the first half to, to be happy, you know, guys like Bruce Hector, guys like, uh, you know, Craig, you know, Reynolds, you know, AJ Parker. I saw plenty from them and they were the players I were looking to impress me and they did. So overall, I was, like I say, I was happy with the game. The guys who let us down at the end of the guys were not going to be here going forward. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I'm kind of trying to stall going through position by position just so Martin can come back and give his vote for the consensus. But um I guess we can kind of start and just see what he thinks when he comes back. So let's start with with the quarterbacks. And we've got Jared Goff, Tim Boyle, David Blau. Obviously, Goff did not play in this third preseason game. But I know I kind of said it at the top. For me, Tim Boyle came out and actually showed something that he didn't in the first two games. Now, am I going to go and say, well, clearly he's the number two quarterback then because he got brought in by this this organization to be the number two guy and he hadn't shown it yet but now he kind of has so that solidifies his spot i do think for me it solidifies his spot on the roster but i won't go as far as saying that he's qb2 blau struggled in this game for me but has shown a bit more this preseason to say that he will probably start off as qb2 um I was a little bit disappointed by Blaulow in this game. He seemed to just struggle a little bit more over a longer period of time, and that might have been his downfall. Should we go to Ryan first to talk on the quarterbacks? Uh, 
Well, it's pretty simple. It's fair. For me, Blau's quarterback too. I think generally across what we've seen across three games, I think it's I think he's just got more of the team. They have more confidence in him. They trust him more. He moves the ball reasonably consistent. He's not flashy. Like you say, he might get that 100, 120 yards, reasonable 50, 60% percentage. He's not a risk taker. Uh, at this point, like you say, I'm, I'm not even sure. I don't really know if I want to keep Boyle even on the roster. Like, I don't think he'll stay in the practice squad, but like you say, I know now he needs surgery on his thumb, so he's going on IR, so that could potentially be season-ending or it could be short-term, depends what happens, but I'm I'm happy getting rid of him. I think there's guys actually, there's, there's, there's quarterbacks that are going to hit waivers, the likes of Nick Mullins that would be far superior. I don't know if we're going to be able to pick him up as a free agent, but there are guys out there that I think would service be quarterback three. And I think this we've seen with issues with thumb injuries. This could be persistent. It could hinder him all season. So I'm ready to move on from him now. What about you, Martin? What did he think on, on the game and about the course back room in general for this squad? I think with Blau, I think he makes a lot too many mistakes for me. So, I, you know, I, I'm not opposed to keeping him around um, as, a, as a backup, but um, you, know, you take the risk on waivers, don't you, to see who comes out, and it just depends who other people decide to move on as to whether you're going to get a better replacement than that. But I think Boyle going on IR probably um, leaves us with with Blau as that backup. But you know, we've seen when he's been when he's been exposed to playing for longer periods, he does get some fluency in in a run of games, and when he's got that consistent starting side around him, but. For me, he does just make too many mistakes. So I'm not fussed either way whether we moved him on or we kept him. But on my roster, I've kept him on there. Okay. And what what do you fancy in terms of this course bank room? How how do they do in the preseason game? First of all, I think what we've realised is if Jared Goff gets injured, that we're screwed in all facets of it. For me, I mean, it's I feel so sorry for Boyle. I know people hate him, but. He got absolutely abused in the first game by the Bills. and that There was no fault of his own. It was his offensive line completely let him down. He took so many big hits. He made a couple of all right throws in it. Then, obviously, he had the really bad week last week against the Steelers. There's no glossing over that. But he started off this game well. That touchdown drive, after the first really bad drive, they had a really good drive down the field. He got the touchdown. He looked like he was just getting into his stride. And then he took another hit and he's injured and it's sort of kiboshed you know, his chances of getting Q quarterback two now for me, but I'm with you, Blau disappointed. He had he threw an interception that he, he should not have thrown that pass. I don't know what was going through his head when he threw it. It wasn't good. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, there were some good throws in there. I'm not going to lie, but you saw why he's never solidified QB2. There's just too many inconsistencies in his game, but out of the two right now, you know, I think Blau's won the battle in preseason and Boyle's lost out, and it all depends now whether we go two or three quarterbacks or whether we try and sneak one through to waivers, because I think there's a chance to uh, sneak one through to the practice squad, because I think there's a chance we can do that. But, yeah, they disappointed me. When Blau got bought in so early, that was his chance to shine, and he didn't take it fully. All right, so let's come to our roster prediction then as a consensus. Um so I'll just start with, for me, I've got Goff, Boyle and Blau all making the team at the moment. I do think that he's going to end up with Boyle on IR for an indeterminate period of time and we need to carry two. So 
that's my reasoning on that. Does anyone have anything else that they think is going to happen there? I've got two quarterbacks. Okay, yeah, I don't, I've got. I don't I've got think Boyle waived. I've got uh, Goff and Blau and Boyle get through to the practice squad because I don't think we're going to lose him. I think they'll put him on practice squad, wait for his injury to get better, and he'll come in as and when they need him. So I don't think anyone's going to get him, but I think we're just going to roll with two quarterbacks this year. Unless someone, you know, good comes up on waivers and we're able to claim them. Okay. Yes. Sorry, man. I was just going to say, I've gone the same as you. I've gone for those three with Boyle and IR. Okay. So we've got four votes each for Goff and Blau, two for Boyle, but the two not for Boyle are effectively practice squad or IR. Or have you just cut them entirely right? Yeah. Uh, well, if he's got a bum hand, no one's going to claim him off waivers. So he's probably going to revert back to practice squad for cutting. So I'll just leave okay. him back to squad. That's fair. All right. We'll move on to running backs. So the room as it stands at the moment is DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Jamal Jefferson, Jason Kavinda, fullback, Godwin Igwebuke, Dedrick Mills, and Craig Reynolds. Let's start off with the thoughts from this game and from what you think the 53. Uh, Man, roster's going to look like. We'll start with Martin Burrow. Uh, you want my? Five? I've gone for five, so I've got gone Swift, five. Williams, Jefferson, Cabinda, and Reynolds. Um, obviously, the one was whether um, you know that the the practice games had pushed um, Godwin Igwebike into the into the squad, um, but for me, I did side with with Reynolds. Um, I think it's it's a toss-up between those two for me about who makes that extra slot. I think the other ones are pretty much locked in, for me anyway. Um, I think that, you know, the game on Friday did um, did Godwin no, no, you know, no harm at all. I thought, you know, he was good. I think Jefferson is is got good potential, quite talented, so you wouldn't want to lose him. Kabinda, you know, going to extend different positions. Um but I think this is this is one of the strongest positions for me at the moment. So it was the one where we thought, well, I did I did think about dropping Reynolds onto waivers and you know thinking he might come back on the practice squad. But um, in the end, I just went for uh, for keeping Reynolds in. All right, and what about you? It's bloody tough. This is. I mean, you know, in terms of the game itself, you know. We all saw the well. I finally saw the Jamar Jefferson that I saw on tape. You know, I you know, bigger fan I on I am of him. You know, he made some really good plays there. You know, he had the hurdle in there as well. He showed he could do a little bit in the receiving game. I was I was really happy to finally see him get some game time and get the recognition that you know maybe he's not had so far because he's been getting very limited snaps and playing against firsts, and he's only solidified himself as RB3 for me. There's no competition for him in that place. So, you know, it was really good to see him. Obviously, Godwin's had a really good camp. Uh, he's he's done well in games. But then you've got Diedrich Mills, who was our leading receiver for the day, and I've not been quiet in my admiration of him. I think Diedrich Mills has done really well. To be fair, it's just it's incredibly difficult to pick you know, I want to pick them all, quite frankly, because I think they all give us, you know, a little bit more different each time. Obviously, I'm taking the top three as I would, but 
it, it's really, really hard after that. I mean, you have to go with head over sense, maybe say Godwin gets in because of his special teams abilities. But man, I like Diedrich Mills and I'd, I'd be all over having Diedrich Mills in as well. But I don't know. We'll, we'll get to who we're going to play. But for me, I'm definitely taking an extra running back because our running back room is far better than, say, our tight end room or our wide receiver mm-hmm. room in terms of quality. So, so who are you taking? Um, so I'll obviously take Swift. I'll take Williams. I'll take Jamar. Um, I'll take, oh God, obviously Kabinda's going in as a fullback, but I'm having five guys because I'm having, oh Jesus, this is hard. I'm going to let Reynolds go onto waivers because I'm hoping he may slip through to the practice squad and I'm, I'll take Diedrich Mills. I like Mills and, you know, he showed his skill in the receiving game yesterday he got nearly 50 yards on only four catches he's shown that he can run well for me so i'll take mills and then hope godwin again slips through to the practice squad maybe and we can utilize him as and when we need him it's really really difficult though yeah yeah it is a really hard choice ryan what about you man on the game and your your guys on the 53 i think jamar jefferson finally just tipped his nose as running back three. For me, this position wasn't that hard. I'm only taking four and Kabinda. I'm taking Swift, Williams, Jefferson and Craig Reynolds. Uh, I'm axing Dedrick Mills. I'm not bothered about even trying to keep him on, like say, practice squad. I'd like to keep Godwin, even like say, because he offers, like say, special teams. And heck, might even try to keep him as a safety. Apparently he's played as both, so he's got experience. So... I'll try keeping round on waivers of practice squad if I can. But no, I'll go with Far and Kabinda. All right. For myself, uh, Jefferson, very impressed with um, just that cut ability is, is really great. And our run blocking has been bad this preseason. And he's still managed to be productive, I think, in all three games. So he's only had limited snaps in the first two and still showed the ability to make a cut and make a 10-yard gain before he was, like, hoiked after three carries. But... In this game, he showed it consistently over a longer period. It gives me hope that, you know, if, if the first two guys goes down, he could actually take the load. I really think he could. As long as that run blocking gets a bit better, it's really going to help him. So, encouraged by that. Godwin, for me, has absolutely made it on. He's just, he's done it. I, I, I think Craig Reynolds is going to feel a bit aggrieved to not get there. But I'm hoping him and Mills can both make the practice squad. So, I'm taking Swift, Williams... Jeff, uh, Jamal Jefferson, Iguibuke, and Kabinda as a fullback. Did you want to say something there, Ant? Sorry. No, I was just agreeing with you about Jamar and his production. He had exactly the same problem at Oregon State. They just couldn't run block for shit, yet he still made a lot of yards. So you put him behind a good line, and you do really, really well. Yeah. All right. We'll move on then to wide receivers. And currently on the squad at the moment are Tyrell Williams, Amon Rasen Brown, Khalif Raymond, Quintus Cephas, Tom Kennedy, Geronimo Allison, Sage Surratt, and Javon McKinley. Let's start now with Anne. What did you see from them in the preseason game and who's making it 53? Um, obviously, Cephas, it was good to see him get the touchdown, as you've already alluded to, the movement on that play was really good, which was, you know, something you really want to see from him. We want to see him developing. And I think overall he has 
shone. Maybe not, you know, not hugely, but you've seen the improvement there and he's stood out certainly. So hopefully he's going to make a good leap coming this season going. Um, I mean, apart from that, it was, I mean, Geronimo, Geronimo Allison did well. He had a couple of good catches on there. Obviously, he had the special teams play last week as well, the punt recovery. He's been very absent, but given how weak this room is this last week or two, he has put himself maybe into contention if you're looking at that last receiver spot. If you're wanting a good special teams guy on there as well, he can maybe make a play for that. But outside of that, I mean, it was it was poor. I mean the top receivers after that. I mean, obviously Mills is a running back. Then it was Fells, Wright and Reynolds. That's two tight ends and another running back. So, you know, Perriman sealed his fate with all those drops and was absolutely atrocious. Brown got targeted a few times early on, but you didn't see him after that. Um, it, there wasn't really much to talk about from there apart from Cephas, but obviously that's the one we want to be talking about. So I'm quite happy that he did well. So for me, I'm probably not taking that many this year, I'm I'm taking obviously Williams, uh, St. Brown uh, as my slot guy. I'll take Raymond, but I don't agree with it at all the way he's been protected and not played. I think he needs to earn his spot on there, and he's not done that whatsoever. Cephas is going, and Kennedy. I love I love Tom Kennedy. I think he's earned his spot, and I think to deny him that would go against the ethos that you work hard in preseason. You get there. I mean, they showed on the last game they protected him he didn't play as much so for me that sort of said they've seen enough of him to show that they want to do going forward and I've got five guys there do I take a sixth I'll take Allison purely for his special teams I'll take a sixth guy I'm taking Allison purely for his special teams he's got a little bit of experience in the league he may be able to give you a little bit of something, but, you know, Surratt and McKinley, not for me, I don't think. I think it would be maybe harsh on them, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just not sold on them going into the NFL season. If we can get them through to the practice squad, one of them. If we can get Surratt through, I think he'd do all right. But, um, yeah, that that's it for me. I'll take six, but very, very begrudgingly. Okay. Ryan, how about you? Uh, I'll just start by saying this one receiver room is bad. I hope to God we're going to make a trade or at least sign a few free agents or waivers. I think we're going to go into the season with at least half wide receivers that are not even on the roster yet. But if I trust who's here, Tyrell Williams is going to make it. Khalif Raymond is because everyone thinks the sun shines out his ass, but we haven't seen anything. Amon Ossim, Quintus Cephas, Tom Kennedy. And I'm going to take I'm going to take Javon McKinley. Like I say, John Allison's been around a few years. He ain't done enough for me. I like Sage Stry in college, but the guy's just awfully slow and drops everything. Like he is just, he's just looked woeful throughout camp. So they're both gone. So I'll take those and hopefully sign some new guys. Did you say you were taking Khalif? Sorry. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. I, I kind of feel obliged to. Yeah. So Williams, St. Brown, Raymond, Cephas, Kennedy. And um, McKinley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the rest wave, yeah. Done. All right. Martin, how about you? I'm only going to take five. Um, 
And to be honest, I was half tempted on taking four and uh, picking people up through waivers because it's so it's so difficult that fifth one because it's so poor. Um, so I'm going to have William, St. Brown, Raymond, Cephas and Kennedy. Um, I think <sighs> Cephas, I, I really liked on Friday. I think he, you know, he had three good catches, about 35 yards or something. I think he really stood out. So that gave me a little bit more um, confidence. But, you know, it's like Ryan's already said that this is a huge um, area of need for us. And, I really fear uh, for our offense if we can't address this over the next uh, couple of weeks and and go into the season with a better five than the ones I've just named anyway. Yeah, so I'm keeping exactly the same as as you, Martin. Um, Williams, Brown, Raymond, Cephas, Kennedy. McKinley is such a weird one because he has had, I think in the entire preseason, maybe five targets, four targets, and he's got a touchdown, and I think he's caught every ball thrown at him. So I, d- I don't get it. Like he didn't, he didn't see the field at all. I don't think on on Friday. Actually, I need to have a look at the snap counts. Um, do, 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 do. Javon McKinley. No, I beg your pardon. He was on there for seven seven snaps, but wasn't targeted. Um, he just seems to show up every time he's actually given a chance. He's there, but. I've got to think that he's just not in their plans. Like, they they haven't games planned for him. They haven't given him a shot when he has been on the field. So, I feel bad for him, but I just don't think he's making it. Um, I hope that they bring in at least a sick guy. I don't like running with five wide receivers. It's not enough. I do think that Tom Kennedy has shown enough to say, I want to give you significant snaps. Because I don't care if people think he's mediocre. If he's putting everything out there, every single play, he seems to just find space, whatever he's doing. And you've got to reward people like that. It's the same argument that Ant's been running with when it comes to Crosby all of last year. And the thing is, Tom Kennedy's done it every preseason for like the last three seasons for the Lions and hasn't been rewarded for his high effort and high achievement in the preseason. So if he gets there, and I hope he does, it will be well-deserved. Um Let's move on to the tight ends, and I'll kick this one off myself. We've got TJ Hawkinson, Darren Fells, Elise Mack, and Brock Wright currently on the roster. In terms of what happened in the game, uh, Darren Fells looked really good in the receiving game, actually, for once. You know, he's had a really, really bad preseason, both in the blocking and the receiving game. But he turned up two catches for 20 yards on two targets. He was the Lions' highest-graded player per PFF with 16 snaps, almost a 93 grade, which is obviously fantastic. Um, In terms of the rest of the guys, Mac had a bad day, um, just can't catch a cold, bastard. Um, (laughs) His blocking is not much better either. Brock Wright had also one catch uh, on one reception for 11 yards. He just looks more athletic. I know his RAS score says that he is more athletic, but you always hear about, right, that he doesn't show it. And yet he's been throwing the ball twice. He's caught it twice for significant yards, and he's apparently a better blocker. So I'm taking three, but I want to kind of take two, but I'm going to take three uh, with Hawkinson, Fells, and Wright making the team. Uh, let's go to Ryan. I think it was in my rotation next to go first. 
Nope, I agree. That's it. Ali's Mac. For a guy that's been around a few years, he doesn't seem to have learned much. He's not very good at blocking. Like I say, he can't be that much trust in the past game. I'd rather take a project like Brock Wright, who for someone blocks pretty well for a rookie. Like I say, we brought Josh Hill in originally to be a blocking third tight end for very retired. Tight end three is usually someone that can block and help in like the running game. So I trust him. Like let's let's give him a shot. I'm not I'm not object to bringing in someone if, if anyone's like cut a big name because I think a lot of tight ends are going to get waved off teams. I've seen a lot already. I'm not I'm not looking for a guy out or trying to get someone on the practice squad. But yeah, let's get rid of Mac. All right, let's go for Martin next. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hawkinson Fells and then I'm going to go with Wright. Um, I was half tempted on Mac, but, you know, he's a decent target, but his blocking's poor and he's had a poor camp blocking as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as that. I'm going to go with Hawkinson Fells and Wright. And? Again, I'm not opposed Sorry. to bringing somebody in if we, you know, if we do get somebody through waivers. I mean, I think this goes for every single position on the team, really. We need yeah. to bring in someone. I mean... Even our strongest position in O-line, which we're going to talk about in a minute, looks like it needs some sort of backup. What about you, Ant, on the tight ends? Um, well, to start with, during the game, I was happy for Fells. Fells had a lot better game because he thought he was a wrestler the week before when he was playing Pittsburgh and just gave away so many holding penalties, which was really concerning. But he had some good catches. He's shown what he's about, so... You know, any questions that were there about him going behind TJ have been put to bed. So I just take the three that have been mentioned. Hawkinson, Fells and Wright. Mac can go away. Uh, I don't even want him on the practice squad. You know, I think I've just not forgiven him since that, what he called an attempt at a run block last week when he just pushed the defensive tackle straight into his running back. Just like, there you go. Just you, you take the tackle for loss. I'm not even going to try and stop you. But I'd agree with the guys. Um, I'm looking at Brock Wright's position every single day. I'm looking at waivers and I'm looking for a better tight end. I mean, in fairness to Wright, he's done he's done well. You know, he's caught his targets in games. He's been serviceable. You know, he's, he's done as much as probably could have been asked of him. But uh, yeah, I'm certainly looking at that three spot and I'm replacing him if I can. No offence to him, but just the way it's got to be. All right. So the first consensus picks that we've had so far which is good stuff all right let's move on to o-line and i sat the last one so we'll go for martin next i think in the rotation so the players on the o-line at the moment are taylor decker jonah jackson frank ragnow palapulavati vitae penny sewell matt nelson tommy kramer evan brown logan stenberg and darren paolo so grouping all the tackles and guards and centres together as one group. Who who did you see in the preseason game and who, who are you taking, Martin? I thought it was quite interesting with, with Stenberg, actually, because back in um, at the start of camp, uh, I know uh, Dan Campbell really got stuck into him a little bit. Um, you know, he, he still has issues with protecting the pass, but, um, you know, some of, his, some of his tackles on Friday, I was really pleased with and he had a good a good run effort during the uh, touchdown in the first half. So Stenberg, I, I, I've liked his improvement over the over the camp and over the games. Um, in terms of Sewell, I think, you know, the pressure is obviously always going to be on him. Um, 
you know, every, every time he made a mistake the preseason was his hands, making a mistake with his hands. So obviously, he's got some work to do there, um, but he's going to improve and I think he's going to be a great asset moving forward. So my cut here is on um, Paolo, Darren Paolo, uh, everybody else, those nine. Uh, so Decker, Jackson, Ragnar, Vitae, Sewell, Nelson, Kramer, Brown and Stenberg and Kipion. All right, let's go on to Ant next. Um, okay, well, in terms of the game, again, you know, there were some notable standouts in that. I just want to say I feel heartbroken for Skipper. Skipper was having such a good game and sort of redeeming himself from the week past. And obviously we need backup at tackle so desperately and that injury is just done for him which is such a shame, you know, because he was having a really good game there and we just can't afford to lose tackle depth, which was, you know, it was really bad. But again, Stenberg did well. I'm really, really happy for him. You know, I've been tooting his horn since we uh, drafted him last year and I was disappointed we didn't see him, but he really seems to have stepped up. I know there were technical issues with his game, but, you know, he seems to be resolving those. His pad level's better. Um you know, just his aggressiveness has been tempered just a little bit. There's been no calls on him, you know, no penalties, which is really, really big. Because that was one of the huge problems with his game. So, you know, it was good to see. And overall, the line did better. You know, there were there were more there were more opportunities to run the ball. The passing was, you know, a little bit crisper because the guys had a little bit more time to throw. So it was good to see. Obviously, we've seen a lot of the backups. We've not seen really that much of Decker or Ragnar, but we already know what they can do. I know the big debate's kicking off over Pene Sul already, but, you know, you can't take preseason into account. You know, the guys, he's got a rotating guard position next to him, which Crosby had, which is no good. And he's still learning. There's so much going on with him there. So, you know, all those who are saying he's a bust already can just go and do one because they don't have a clue what they're on about. You know, he's going to get there eventually. But, you know, it, it, there were positive things to see. And, you know, especially the guard positions, there's some good backup options emerged, which is going to help us. But in terms of who I'm taking forward, I'm taking less. But, you know, I can't really make a 53 out. I can't really make a full line for these. I'm going to hit waivers for some. So at centre, obviously, I'd be taking... Frank Ragnow, I'd be taking Evan Brown as his backup because I think Brown's done really well there. At left tackle, I'm taking Decker, obviously. That is it. And then at right tackle, I'm taking Sewell. That is it. Matt Nelson can go away. He's had a horrible, horrible camp. And I don't care if we've got no depth at tackle. For me, he's got no right been on this team. Last week was atrocious. This week, not a great deal better. And I'd rather go to waivers and find some more tackles and just start from position again because I just don't see what it's going to add this coming season then. So, yeah, I'm not taking any tackle protection. I'm going to look there. Paolo can go as well because, again, don't think he's been the greatest. At guards, obviously, I've got um, Jonah Jackson backed up by Stenberg at left guard. I think Stenberg's more than in his position there. Then I'll take Vitae at right guard and I'm going to have Tommy Kramer backing him up. And for me, Kramer, he's been a real surprise because I wasn't sure about him initially when we first got him. I didn't think he was going to make this roster, but he's performed really well, just like Stenberg has. It's great to see these two guys progress because for me now, we've got two very good backups at guard 
as well as with Brown at centre. It's just the tackle positions now where we need to get some depth. And I'm just not sold on the guys who are here one bit. So that's it for me. All right, Ryan. Uh, I agree with Anthony. The same personnel as well. Nelson and Paolo. No, that you can both go. I'd rather start all over again looking on waivers. Like I said, there's already tackles dropping left, right, and centre. So there's ample guys, there's ample opportunity to find suitable backups. I do feel sorry for Dan Skipper. Like that injury really just, just derailed the whole season. Who knows if he's going to be able to get picked up or find any work because that's a real shame. Stenberg last year, I think last year the consensus was like, we don't fuck his ideas up, then he won't be around here much longer. I think he's had a bit of tough love this year. And yeah, he's, he's, he's not looked too bad. I think in general, improved season, pass pro hasn't been too bad. Run blocking at times has been it's been great. Sometimes it's, it's been woeful. I'd say so. It's, it's, it's not been bad in the first laws. The second lot, yeah, there is a worry about depth. But I'm hoping we're able to address that. Like I said, we've still time to work out, patch up a line. But no, I I agree. Like I said, I'll uh, I'll give some backup to the guards, tackles. Let's dip into the market, see who we can find. Like I say, because it won't be too expensive. But the solid first line, like I say, if anyone likes to complain about stuff, personally, I've been straight up being honest, Sewell is going to be terrible this year. And I don't care. I expect him to be just bad in general. But I think he's going to learn from it. And all this talk about, should we trade Depper? Yeah, if you give me two firsts and a buddy fifth, but we're not going to get anything like what we should get for Decker. So you can throw that out, idea out of the water and as you've been considering it. So, no, like I say, it's pretty straightforward the line. Let's just hope no one goes down with serious injury, touch wood. But no, there's, there's potential there for them to start gelling. I'm hoping John Jackson's going to have a big year. So I'm going with exactly the same as Martin, which is basically the same as, as you guys, apart from I'm keeping Matt Nelson on. Um, the reason I'm doing that is that it's easy to forget with Matt Nelson that this is his third year playing t- tackle. He has not played tackle before coming to the Lions. He was a converted defensive end, and he's still learning. And the guy was a surprisingly good backup last year. And you know what? He's just not had the best camp and, and a few preseason games. But you know what? He's shown enough at the lines to say that he deserves to be tackle three when we only have three tackles on the team. Now, if you can find better on waivers, then by all means, cut him and then pick a guy up. But I'm not about to cap the only tackle on the team not starting without getting the replacement first. I just do not see how that can make sense. Well, you know... You can say that about Crosby. It makes no sense to cut him whatsoever. And he actually showed he was a first-teamer last year. But he's been deemed not good enough, and they've got rid of him. And I think this is at the stage now where we've got to make those decisions. Obviously, Mike Ford, a lot of people think he should have been cut. But, you know, what at most in a contending team will he give you? If they've seen his ceiling's not as high as they want it to be, I just, you know... Nelson's had a horrific camp and I know he's done it in the past, but you're only as good as you are now. Crosby, everything's been forgotten about him last year. If you're going to do it for one, we've got to do it for the others. I mean, the, I, I kind of follow the argument in terms of fairness, but the problem is if the choice was 
straight choice of Crosby and Nelson, and you just have to pick one, well then you can't, even if you're judging them the same way, one's staying and one's not, and both are unfair, and there's just nothing you can do about that. I mean, the thing about Crosby is that we don't know the extent of his injury, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, he was cut with the waived injured designation, so... You know, what if it's like, okay, we think that Nelson and Crosby are about the same sort of standard, but Crosby's going to be out for the first six weeks of the campaign, so let's take the guy that's going to be available. I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility, that what if this is mainly injury-related rather than anything else? It's not that, though, but there's going to be a lot of tackles come on market soon. There's not going to be a shortage of them, and those who probably, you know, might do better, just... I'm going on what I've seen in camp and what I've seen in the preseason games for a lot of these, and he's just he's not shown it at all. Like again, he was absolutely horrendous last week against Pittsburgh. I know some of them were, but he's just not shown it for me. And I'd rather just reset the entire position. I've got my two guys of the future, so we only need a backup level guy. And if you look hard enough, you can find one. Fair enough. Right, let's move on to the other side of the ball now, and we'll start with defensive tackles. Currently on the team right now are Michael Brockers, Lee McNeil, Deshaun Hands, Nick Williams, Levi Onuzurike, John Penasini, Kevin Strong, Bruce Hector, and Deshaun Cornell. So with defensive tackle, we've put in noses, we've put in three to five techs as well, and just leaving the edge OLB guys on in their own category. Let's start off with Ant now. Who, who do you think did well in the preseason game and who are you taking on your 53? Well, I mean, I've harped on about them enough and through our own Twitter, but once again, I was really impressed with Kevin Strong and Bruce Hector. I think these are two guys who are the epitome of what preseason is about in terms of giving guys on the bubble a chance. I know we, we saw what Kevin Strong could do towards the end of last year. He made some good plays you know, in a bad side and he did stand out a little bit and he's come into camp and he's really taken the bull by the horns there. And Hector, you know, we got him off waivers in what June, you know, I don't think many people expected him to really have much of an impact, but I put his stats up the other day. He's, he's done incredibly well. And I think he was the second ranked defender from the game this weekend. So it's, it's made this so difficult because we're loaded at tackle and, I don't think there's going to be a consensus from anybody here. I would be surprised if there was a full consensus because you know my views on certain players. You know, I know the other guys, you know, some of the guys are viewed a lot differently. But for me, you know, I'll take seven. I think, I think is it seven? No, I'll take six. Um, obviously, Brockers has got to be in there. You know, he's going to be the leader of this D-line going forward and the most critical part of it. McNeil and Levi, obviously they're rookies, but they're going to be the future of this franchise. And I'm absolutely taking them going forwards. Um, I'm not taking Deshaun Hand. I'm cutting him. I'm fed up of seeing him injured and not playing. I needed to see him in this preseason, come back to form and do well. I'm pulling the plug now. I'm, I don't want him taking a roster spot. Even if I'm sticking him on IR, I'm not doing it. It's just, it's too late for me. We've spent two years waiting for him to get better, and he hasn't, and he's missed his preseason as well, so he's gone. Um, you know the other guy I don't want, and I'm not going to mention his name because he called me out on Twitter this week, and I'm, I'm just not going to mention him whatsoever. So 
Does his name rhyme with Wicknillians? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to mention him for fear if I get more reprisals off him, but sorry. He's if you say his name well. three times, he will appear in the Zoom, just saying. Oh, God, that'd be, cre <laughs> that'd be creepy, wouldn't it? Like, you can all see him behind me and I can't. So, yeah, <laughs> Hand and that guy are going. I'm taking Strong and I'm taking Hector. I think they've both earned their roster spots. And, you know, we've got a stacked, we've got a stacked line, so they're not going to be started. They're going to provide really good, backup depth for us and I think they're going to do really well and then I'm probably going to take Penasini as well um, Penasini especially after hearing the injury he had last year he performed remarkably well through a lot of adversity and I think he's earned the opportunity to go in this year I know he's at nose and there might be a thing there but we're going to be playing a lot of 4-3 defence as well you can play him at one tech etc I think he'll provide good depth behind Aline McNeil. Um, and, you know, I'm a big fan of rewarding those who do well. And for what he did for his seventh round pick, I thought was amazing, especially given his injuries. So they're going. And then I think Cornell's, Cornell's got to go, but it's more down to his suspension more than anything. You're going to miss him for a little bit. There's a lot of guys here. So, yeah, it's nothing against him. Like I, if he got picked, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Is what okay. I'm saying, but apart from that, I'm just going with those six. Those six. Those six are Brockers, McNeil, Onwuzurike, Penasini, Strong, and Hector. Yeah. All right. Ryan, how about you, man? Waivers. I'd try and get Cornell for waivers. I would. But William, uh, I'm not saying his name. Uh, Hand, yeah, gone. Other one, gone. I've just had um, a warning that my internet connection is unstable, but it seems to have come back fine. Apologies if there was a a glitch in the matrix there. Ryan, um, what are you thinking on this? Yeah. I'll start. I'll say his name. I don't care. Nick Williams, you've gone. You fleeced us for 10 million. You haven't done anything. So, peace out. Like I say. Uh, I also... Well, no, I disagree. I, I This might be controversial. I... I think Hector's a flash, in the a flash in the pan. I don't think he can do it on the day. When the lights, when it matters, I think he is going to work flatter to deceive. So I'm not keeping Hector. And that's because I, people aren't going to like this, but I think a healthy Deshaun hand has a higher ceiling. And I'm giving him, God knows why, I'm giving him one more chance. This is the year... It's got to come together. I will cut hand midway through the season. Like I say, as soon as he's healthy, we don't start delivering, I will get rid of him in an instant, whatever means necessary. But I will, I'll give him one last shot. Deshaun Cornell, nah, he's done. I'm not interested. He's an idiot. Like, I'm not being funny, but you know what you're getting with this front office. When he got that suspension, he signed his death certificate. He might as well took it out of his hand and signed it himself. He will not be tolerated. They won't do suspensions for silly things like that. So he's gone. He doesn't have a chance. Like I say, Penasini. Yeah, like I say, it's people are talking like he's like he's dead wood. The guy's been around the year. Like Aline McNeil, like he needs he needs some help. He needs some backup. And I'm not ready to just toss a guy like because we've got a new toy, like Andy from Toy Story, just dropping Woody. That I'd feel terrible getting rid of Penasina. That wouldn't be fair. Like I say, Kevin Strong, 
defensive player of pre-season. He's been outstanding. I'm hoping he can do it in, like when it matters as well. But I, I, I just think he's been he's lit up that defensive line. And got to say, you've got Brockers, Lee McNeil, Levi Muzarike. Uh, have I missed anyone? So I have you taking I'm getting Brockers, rid of you. I'm getting... McNeil, Hand, Levi, Penasini, and Strong. Yeah, I'm going to Hector, Connell, and Williams, yeah. All right, sounds good to me. Martin, how about you, man? Um, a pretty much a mix of both, I think. So I am I'm definitely agree about Strong. I think he's been brilliant. I think Friday night he had a great game as well. Um, so I am obviously Brockers, it's a definite. Then uh, McNeil and uh, Levi as, as the rookies there. I am going to give Deshaun Hand another chance as well, but obviously on to IR now, I think. Um, Strong and Hector, but then I am going to bin Penasini. Uh, and Cornell, maybe try and pick him back up through the um, the waivers. But uh, like Ant said, but yeah, I think, you know, to be missing three games, I think is going to be difficult to 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 give him a spot. So uh, other, if that wasn't an issue, then I would have brought him on. Um, but yeah, that, that's mine. So I am going to, um, uh, good job uh, Aaron's not on because we don't probably have that argument about Penasini and I know it's a favourite of his. So, um, <laughs> True. So, yeah. Oof. Yeah, right. Let's get rid of the Well, you're going to hate me then. Um, so I'm taking Brockers, McNeil. I'm giving Hand another chance as well. I'm also taking Nick Williams on my own, I know. But he is... How shall I put this? He's a dick. But I do think he is probably <laughs> in our starting lineup. I'm sorry. If you're going to get salty because we say... Oh, your roster position might be in question. We didn't even say dude's going to be cut because he's crap. We didn't say that. We just said Nick Williams better watch out because Kevin Strong and Bruce Hector are both playing really well. And he just like, oh, you guys don't have a clue, basically. It, it was shorter than that as a response, but that was the implication. And it's like, fuck you, man. But he's probably going to start off this team. So I'm going to take him because... I think he probably does have the talent. It annoys me no end. I don't want to take him, but I'm gonna. Um, Levi's obviously going. I'm not taking Penasini, but that's not because he hasn't been excellent. And I feel terrible about even saying it because I really like the guy. He's a super nice bloke. But you've got to choose, I think, for me, between Kevin Strong and John Penasini as a roster spot. That's where I'm living. And... Strong's performed in the preseason, and John's been injured. It, it sucks for Penasini, but I'm going to hope to sneak him onto the practice squad. Um, Penasini, we don't know how long he's going to be out for still, because he's still injured at the moment, right? So maybe he could be a contender to somehow take and put on IR for three weeks. I'm not quite sure. Um, I haven't even considered Joshon Cornell, because we don't have to make that decision until week three of the regular season. So we've still got another five weeks on that choice. So if he, you know, performs well in training effectively as a member of a practice squad, maybe you'd take him over someone else who's made the team if they underperform in the first three weeks. But I just didn't even think about him because I don't need to yet. Um, the other guy I'm taking is, is Kevin Strong. So there are four guys who are consensus picks there in Levi, McNeil, Brockers and Strong, which is interesting. Um, but the others are not consensus picks at all. 
let's move on to the edge players. And I'm going to start off with, is it Ryan this time to start? I think it is. Let's go for Ryan. So edge or outside linebacker players, we've got Trey Flowers, Romeo Aquara, Julian Aquara, Austin Bryant, Charles Harris, and Rashad Berry, who's the outside linebacker, edge, tight end, fullback, Swiss Army knife. Uh, what do you think, man? Uh, it's a Swiss Army nothing to me. Like, say, uh, Berry's <laughs> gone. Like, so that 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 was easy. Austin Bryant, no, no, he's gone. He's been around too long. He's not short enough for me. Charles Harris, I'll keep for some rotational depth. I'll keep like say Flowers because he's coming off the injury. But I'm very intrigued to see how he's going to be doing stood up as like an outside linebacker. Like you say, he's going to have to do a bit of coverage. Julian Aquara, healthy scratch, but has shown the odd flash in preseason. He's too weak to play the run. He can't set the edge, but he may make a fantastic situational pass rusher. And I hate saying that because that makes me think of Jared Davis. But we're probably going to end up trying to use him like Jared Davis. But I think he's better because he's injuring quicker. We'll find a job for him. Like I say, Romeo Quire, well, you know what you're getting. Uh, well, Jamie Collins, I suppose, well, he's an outside, well, I suppose, is he, is he an outside backer playing Mike or? I, I think he's going to be like. Mike and situationally at, at outside linebacker. I've got him listed at inside yeah. just for this. No. Okay, so yeah. you're taking... So yeah, I'll get rid of Berry and I'll get rid of Briar. Okay, so Flowers, Aquara, Aquara and House. All right, yeah. let's move on to Martin. Yeah, I'm exactly the same with those four. I think... Um... I think the first three are, are a no-brainer. The only one is whether you know whether you took uh, Harris or not. But I think you know he he's done well enough, and I think he would definitely get picked up if he was waived. Um, I think he's is did some great stuff for the pass rush on Friday. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to go with the same four there. What about you, Ant? Um, I'd take five, to be fair. I think I'd, I'd run maybe with five of them. So I think Barry's the only one I'm not taking. Uh, I'd take the others. I think, you know, Flowers, Aquara, and the Aquara brothers are in there. Harris, I've been, you know, he's been on the better side of steady in this off, in the preseason. He's got three quarterback hits, which is joint most on the team. So he's had success in the pass rush. I think it's Julian Aquara who's the other guy. Um, I'm more than happy to give him a go this season because we forget his pedigree. He's a former first-round pick. If he's able to settle here and produce the form that he's not, you know, been able to so far, I, we could have a steal on our hands there. Austin Bryant's a really tough one because obviously there was the um, face mask call against the Steelers, which again was horrible in a bad position and a thing he shouldn't be making. But he also did relatively well. So I'd, I'd take five of them and just cut Berry and, you know, get depth behind the main guys because I think Brighton and Harris can both offer something if they're there. Okay, no, I'm taking four and I've gone the other way to the most uh, the majority of you guys. So I'm taking Flowers, Aquara, Aquara and Brian. For me, Charles Harris has been one of the big disappointments this preseason. Um, I haven't seen him produce anywhere close to what I wanted to see out of him. Um, he's this guy who apparently was misused 
after being drafted in the first round, who is, you know, just a bit more of a pass rush guy who doesn't really perform very well in the run. Well, for the majority of this preseason, he didn't perform very well against the pass either, only kind of starting to show up in this final game. But it was only one game, and it was against mostly backups. So, you know what, if you want to make this team on the edge, you have to be destroying the backups to think that you're going to do anything against the starters. Charles Harris is not a starting player whatsoever, but I don't think he's good enough to be a rotational player either. On the other hand, Austin Bryant, through 31 snaps, posted the second best grade on the defensive line in preseason. He was a 90.1 grade, with leading the team with four pressures. Um, he did have a hit as well as three hurries, two tackles. They were both stops as well. So you know what? He actually really showed up in this last game. People have been saying all through preseason that he was the guy who was going to be left out. And he has come out and said, I am here. And I want to see that sort of resilience out of people. And I've not seen it from Charles Harris, not nearly enough. There's a big difference between those two guys in the, in the most recent game. Now, I'm, I'm fairly happy to cut Austin Brighton if we can find someone better in waivers, because I'm not wedded to him either. But in the straight choice between the two... I'm going for that route, but I know that I've been voted down by the rest of you guys, so he's not going to make it in the consensus one. Um, right, let's move on to li uh, inside linebacker. So I'll kick this one off. We've got seven on there currently, which is Jamie Collins, Alex Anzalone, Derek Barnes, Jalen Rees-Maven, Anthony Pittman, July Tavai, and Tavonte Beckett. And we have, for me... Um, in let's talk about the game first. So how did we do at linebacker? Well, Rashad Berry actually played a lot at linebacker um, in the most recent game. was the most highly rated of all of the guys there per PFF. But the guy that really stood out to everyone once again really was Derek Barnes, wasn't he? Absolutely barnstorming preseason. People, you know, we were saying um, that the player, uh, to player of the preseason on defense is Kevin Strong. But... It's Derek Barnes. Like, he's just shown up. He doesn't have the experience of some of these guys at linebacker. He hasn't seen all of the coverages. He hasn't even really played inside linebacker beyond one season. And yet this guy looks like the vet on the team. He's bringing the energy. He's blowing people up. He maybe needs to get a little bit better against the run. Sometimes, you know, he's, he's taking the wrong gaps. His gap integrity does need to improve. But the guy's more than a situational pass rusher. And you know what? He can call the plays as well. He can actually have the green light, I think, going, not in this season, but going forward. I think that's something he can learn. He's clearly the, the natural successor for Jamie Collins beyond this season. But I think that he has a shot to potentially start over Alex Anzola. I just do think he has that level of ability. I don't think it will happen. I think that they will give him a few games at least to kind of bed into it being the real NFL when the season kicks off. But he's put himself in the conversation, and I don't think anyone was thinking, when I say that, a lot of YouTubers thought that he might be in the conversation to start, but I don't think any of the real media guys thought that he had even a shot to start week one, and he's definitely in the conversation, so that's really impressive. Um, in terms of who we're taking, I'm going with five, and the two I'm not taking are Jelani Tavai and Tavonte Beckett. Now, Beckett, I feel bad about because he has shown it when he's been asked and, you know, and, and called upon. But I'm hoping we can sneak him onto the practice squad. So that means I'm taking 
Jamie Collins, Alex Anzalone, Derek Barnes, Jalen Reeves-Mabin, who has been terrible at linebacker, but, you know, that that depth that um, uh, special teams just gives him the nod. And I'm keeping Anthony Pittman. The guy has been the best backup linebacker we've had, so he's got to stay for me. Let's move on next to uh, Martin, I think. Yeah, uh, I think I'm in agreement with you on the five. I think... The, the one position, the, the one spot that it was up for grabs really was the one that Pittman, I'm giving to Pittman. Um, I think Tavai, I don't like Tavai. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep about Tavai moving on. You know, I know he's a young player, but um, he, he's had countless opportunities. Beckett, I would like to get him back for practice squad if we possibly can. Um, but I think what swung it for Pittman for me was... Um, I think he's further along physically than the other two. Um, you know, he's more reliable on special teams. His situational reading against the Colts, I thought, was, was pretty good. Um, but he, again, he comes with, with positives and negatives, Pittman. But I think on the when you look at it against those other other two, I think that's why I've gone for him. So I've gone for Collins, Anzalone, Barnes, Reeves, Mabin and Pittman. All right. And... Um. <laughs> oh, it's a horrible one to talk about the linebacker core, isn't it? It's just so shy on starter guys and quality that it's it, it's really really bad. Um. So, I'll take the first three: Collins, Anzalone, and Barnes. We'll take them forwards. I thought in terms of the game, there wasn't a great deal to see from any of the guys in there. My my guy Beckett stood up and did really well. He's slowly got more reps as he's gone along, and I was happy to see him getting more playing time. And he did well with it. You know, got a couple of good stops against the run in there. Um, Reeves Mabin's been poor. He's been really poor in preseason overall. Like he's not graded out well at all. I think he's graded at what about thirty eight over the three games. Just a lot of facets of the game has not been good enough there. Um, so I'm, you know what, I've, I've really sort of stuck my neck out for Beckett. And, you know, I think that's, I'm going to just have to sort of roll with this. So like I say, I'm taking Collins, Anzalone and Barnes to start with. Um, I'm taking Pittman because, you know, I think Pittman's done well in preseason and, you know, he's got the special teams abilities there as well. And you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put Beckett in there. I really like Devontae Beckett as a player. I've said this ever since we signed him as an UDFA. You know, I like his game. I like what he brings to it. He needs to get better, but he has special teams. and He's been playing special teams. He's done well on special teams. So if we're going to go against, you know, if we're going to, if he's going to go against Reeves, maybe he's got to win on that. And obviously, JRM's done well on special teams. But to be honest, I just think Beckett's going to be a better linebacker. He's much better against the run. Reeves, maybe is horrible against the run. And that's one of the big things that one of the big problems we had last year. Those inside linebackers trying to stop the run when the defensive line was breached. And I want to put run stuffers in there. And for me, Beckett's better at that. Um, so Reeves, Mabin's going. You know, if you can sneak him through to the practice squad, bring him up for some special teams every now and then, then great. And then, but other than that, I wouldn't have him. And Tavai, you know, me and you have backed him a lot on here, Matt. We thought there's a player in there, but it's just not showing. 
and I think it's at the point now where you just have to admit defeat. I think, you know, he's he's got to go. I do it heavily with a heavy heart because I still think he's been really hard done to and I think he's received a lot of unnecessary abuse from a lot of people. I think, you know, at the end of the day, these people are humans. They're human beings. And it's, it's some of the stuff he's had has not been very nice at all. But in terms of the Lions itself, it's it's time to move on and see if he can flourish elsewhere. But, yeah, my hot take, I'm taking Beckett over Reeves, maybe. All right, Ryan. I'll just start by saying this isn't aimed at any of you guys, but it doesn't sound really hypocritical to keep Jalen Reeves moving for special teams, but get rid of Mike Ford. Like that, that, that is kind of like weird. Like Jalen Reeves moving is awful. He's been here, what, four years? He's done absolutely nothing. He is piss poor as a linebacker. He can barely play the role. He's made a living off playing special teams. He's got to go because Mike Ford has gone. And that's all because I just think it's fair. And it there. Pittman has actually, yeah, he's shown some good flashes. Pittman is definitely, I'm keeping him. I'm keeping, like, say, obviously Collins. I am also on the train of Barnes, can start over Anzalone. That screenplay sniffed out and blew up. God, if you ever tried to look for a screen or a bubble against him, you're silly because he is, he is fantastic. Beckett, I'm not ready to, I want to see a little bit more of him. So I'm hoping to keep him on the practice squad. All right. So I will let him go for now. I'm hoping he can clear waivers. But yeah, it's it's Jeremy's Maven that's going for me. Okay, so you're not taking Reeves Maven. No. Sorry, so you're taking four. You're taking Collins, Anzalone, Barnes, and Pittman. Yeah. Okay. All right. We then move on to the cornerbacks, and we'll start with Anthony Fitzpatrick. We've got Jeff Akuda, Amani Oruwariye, Ifasi Malafonwu, AJ Parker, Corn Elder, Bobby Price, Nico Robbie Coleman, and Jerry Jacobs. What do you think? Um, geez. <laughs> what do you want? Um, right, so with the corners, I think this is one of the easier ones. Well, I say it's one of the easier ones. Obviously, Ford going was a shame for a lot of people, but I believe that's been done simply because of the rise of AJ Parker. I think a guy who has, you know, Ford has done all right over the years, but as I said earlier, he has not, he's, he's not nailed down a starting spot and our corners have been weak. They were all terrible last year and he still couldn't imprint himself on this team. Yet this undrafted free agent has come in and has just completely and utterly outplayed him in preseason. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of the job AJ Parker has done for me, you know, he's, he's one of the first guys on that 53, not just, you know, just simply because of where he's come from and what he's done. He's absolutely 100% going in that team and I'm taking him because, you know, I'm just so glad to see him do as well as he has done. I think, you know, we've not seen much of the main guys, obviously Akuda, Oruwariye, they're going I've said this is a big year. Well, it's a big year for both of them, especially for Oruwariye. He needs to show a lot more consistency in his game, but we've all seen how good he can be. So I'll take the pair of them. Obviously, Melifon was going to go in going forward. It's going to be interesting to see where they utilise him. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. I think he's going to be a really good player for us. And then it just depends where you're going after that. I think Roby Coleman, I think, is going to go. Um, 
he's not played well since he started here, but I think he's been bought in for a specific purpose to play that nickel role. And I think he's going to get the start there. Um, Elder's going to go. Uh, we, we'll take him with us. I think, you know, we showed a little bit in the game just gone. It was good to see him get the interception. It's good to see him on the field, to be fair. So, you know, if he can provide that veteran presence in there, then, you know, that's going to be great for us. And then it's really difficult because I want to take seven, not just six. Um, you've got obviously Price and Jacobs then. Jerry Jacobs is another who's done really well as an undrafted free agent, but I can't, you can't underestimate the versatility that Bobby Price brings. He's a safety. They're training him at corner, so they obviously see something in him, you know, that's worth persevering with, that's worth, you know, getting him set in multiple positions. So I, I, it's really, really tough. I take, yeah, I take Price as well. I take Roby Coleman. And Jacobs is the only one I don't, but I desperately want to see him reach the practice squad. You know, I'd, if the, if I even got the hint that we couldn't get him there, I'd probably keep him and maybe swap Price out. But I'm hoping we can get him to practice squad. But I think we need the depth at corner. You know, there are some inexperienced guys there. There's not much in the way of full-on NFL experience. So I'd take a bit more depth just to deal with that. Okie dokie. Ryan, how about you? Uh... See, Bobby Price is a difficult one. I don't, I don't want to give a roster spot to a project. That's what the, that's what the practice squad is kind of, it's kind of what it was created for. I will keep him, but I want to designate him as a safety. I want to move him back to safety. So, keep him on the roster. Elder, despite the interception, I don't think he's going to make it. I think Bobby Coleman will be starting corner. I think. And I'm keeping Jerry Jacobs and AJ Parker. I think we're going to go full on youth and we're going to try and mould these guys that have gotten bad habits. So I'm taking Amani, Jeff, AJ, Jerry, Nickel, and Bobby. But well, no, I want to move Bobby as a safety. So I want to, I need to have a corner back. Not if he had to, if he. There yes. are six corners, and I wanted to. I'll designate Bobby as a safety. Four, five, six. And you're not taking Jerry. You're not taking Corn. All right. Okay, Martin. How about you? I'm taking Jerry. Oh, so you're taking Jerry. Right. Okay. Yeah, I've got six. So uh, obviously, Akuda, Warrior, Ify, and then AJ Parker. I think you know already what Ant said. An undrafted free agent. I think he's, you know, definitely with a great shout of starting. Then you look at Cornelder, and he was not in my thinking until Friday. The interception was a bit of a curveball on Friday. I thought he did reasonably well. And, and like I said, there's that experience. Uh, but I am not going to take him. Um, Bobby Price, I'm going to go with. Roby Coleman I, I hasn't really impressed in the games, but I think he has worked with uh, Aubrey Pleasant before, so it's a good scheme fit, I think. So I can see the sense in that. Um, and then, yeah, Jerry Jacobs, I'm going to wave, hopefully, to the practice squad. Um, but, you know, I think if, you know, this is, again, another position area that I think if something better comes through waivers, then it could be something that we could look at there as well. Um, but, yeah, that's my thoughts on cornerbacks. 
Okay, I am going to take Jeff, uh, Oriwarie, Ifitfatu, AJ Parker, Bobby Price, and Corn Elder, and I'm going to hope that Jerry makes it to the practice squad. For me, Roby Coleman is just someone who should have been keeping fit and should know the scheme already. Came in late, but should have fit in like a glove. He's played poorly. There's absolutely no reason to keep him on this team. Um, Corn Elder, I was worried about him, obviously being injured, but also he was being beat out by Mike Ford in the preseason for first team reps. That worried me. But let's not forget that this is the guy who was um, having the table banged for by the best corner in the league. He wanted him to come to the Rams with him and couldn't believe that the Rams didn't make that move. And I think you can see it from the little few snaps that we saw on Friday of him that he has got it in there. And as a kind of backup player to AJ Parker with a bit of veteran guidance, that's fine. But I just do not think that we need to have four slot cornerbacks on this team. And if you think at the moment that that's where Ifatu is probably going to play the majority of his reps as he learns his trade, because he's not ready, but he could probably play situationally as a slot. AJ Parker's a slot, Corn Elder's a slot, Nick or Robbie Coleman's a slot. Those last three cannot play anywhere else. You cannot play any of them outside. Um, AJ Parker played outside cornerback during the preseason, and he got absolutely torched by this group of wide receivers. What do you think is going to happen when he comes up against an actual NFL caliber wide receivers? It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. So AJ Parker must be in the slot, and he must start, by the way. Um, Corn Elder can't play anywhere else. Just can't trust him to play outside cornerback. And Nico Robbie Coleman got found out when he, they tried to play him outside at the Eagles last year. So there's no point in having four slots. And Nico Robbie Coleman's the one for me that falls by the wayside with Ifatu probably playing very few snaps. Now he's come on big time in the preseason, apparently, if you listen to some of the beat right guys. But I'd be happy waiting for him to kind of develop and maybe start a few games, not start a few games, but rotationally come into the lineup a bit later on during the season. Um, so that's those are my guys. Um, we'll move on then to the final defensive uh, position, which is safety, just grouping the three and the strong safeties together. Let's start with Martin, I think it is this time. Tracy Harris. Oh, sorry, Tracy Walker. <laughs> that's, that's a bad Safety right there. Tracy Walker, Will Harris, Dean Marlowe, CJ Moore, Jalen Elliott, and I mean Ryan will get hit Bobby Price in there as designated a safety as well. Um, but what do you think, Martin? Yeah, I'm gonna go with four of these. I think Walker and Harris are the two. They're gonna play pretty much all of the defensive snaps. So I don't see any issue with those two there. I think Marlowe's the good backup third safety there. Um, and then I'm going to take more because I think on special teams and he provides decent depth. I think that the one that's unlucky there is Elliot. Um, you know, I think he's he had a, a really good game Friday night as well. Um, so it's whether you decide to take a fifth one or you know or fourth running back or you know it's, it's a difficult one. But yeah, he, he I think he could be uh, a bit of an impact guy, Elliot. So. Maybe worth hanging around for um, practice squad, but yeah, those are the four. I'm going Walker, Harris, Moore, and Marlow. Okay, how about you, Ant? Um, I'm going to disagree slightly. Um, CJ Moore can 
leave, as far as I'm concerned. His tackling is absolutely bloody, you know, unforgivable. You know, there's been so many bad ones during this season, uh, during this preseason. I'm not taking him there as a safety. He's another, you know, if we're dishing out the treatment to Ford and Reeves, maybe, you know, we're not saving them on the special team's ability. The same has to be said for him. I just, he's, he's not that great a safety and he just doesn't offer the depth there. I'd sooner take Jalen Elliott and give him a run at it because I think CJ Moore's had his chance at it and he's just, he's not taken it for me. Um, so I'll take all the others, but again, safety's just one way you look and you're like, you're crying a little bit because of the, the depth is just so horrendously shallow there, let's say. But um, CJ Moore's going, Jalen and Elliot's staying. I'm sorry, but I just he's been so bad. I can't mm. not taking him just for yeah. special team skills. No, that's fair. All right, Ryan, how about you? Yeah. Uh... I'm, I'm going a different way. I'm only three. Well, I'm having Tracy Walker, Harris, and uh, Robbie Price. I am leaving the spot. I want to leave a spot open and bring someone in. Don't rate CJ Moore. And I think Jalen Elliott, I'll try to get on the practice squad, but he's not sure enough for me to solidify a full 53. So I'll go understaffed there. But I'm going to bring in a lot of guys because that group is just bad. No Dean Marlowe. Oh, yeah. We well, yeah, actually, I'm going to, like I say, if we put Bobby Price, I'll play Bobby Price at corner, but I'll I'll keep him as a safety. Like I say, because I want to keep him on the roster. So, yeah, mm. Dean Marlowe, so we'll go four. Okay. But in the LL, I'll have three, yeah. And then finishing up for myself, I'm taking Tracy. I'm taking Harris, who has potentially been one of the most improved players on this roster. Now, it's not saying much because he was not an NFL quality player at all in previous years. But he actually looks like he could be a lower than average player in the NFL right now, which is a huge improvement. So well done to Will for being slightly worse than average. Um, <laughs> um, I'm also taking... He's still a liability. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's he's worse than average. I didn't say anything but that. But <laughs> but you know, he's not potentially one of the worst safeties in the NFL anymore. I mean, there's a lot of bad safeties out there. So, um, yeah, Will Harris. I'm taking Dean Marlowe. I think he's done enough in the limited snaps he's had. He's looked okay. He's a veteran presence in there. I'm t- taking CJ Moore as well. He's not been great when he's been on the field on defense, but it's something that if you kind of listen to Eric Schlitt a lot on, on Pride of Detroit, he is banging the drum for him being one of the most important guys on the special teams unit because of his his uh, record as a personal protector. So if you have a look at the um, how you line up in, in pump protection, he's the guy who just kind of stands in front and to the right of Jack Fox. And apparently, if you listen to Eric, and I'm just going to trust him on this, He's one of the best in the league at that job, effectively kind of um, just in, in in protecting the punter so that he can actually get the kick away. Um, so if any of the guys up front screw up with their block, he's kind of there to be that last line of defence. And you know what? Special teams aren't important until they are, right? So there's only a few places that special teams are really important, and that is the guy kicking the ball and the guy protecting the person kicking the ball and the gunners 
right? And everyone else is kind of just a body. Put them on there. Who cares? But it's a it's a really important position, and I don't know what I'm talking about with personal protectors, but Eric does, so I'm gonna I'm gonna trust him with that. All all I'd say about that is, but you know, he may do well on kick protection, but what about when you need him in coverage or when you need him to tackle in the secondary? It's just a waste of a roster space. So is it worth being able to, you know, I'm sure we can keep the kick all right. How many punts and I get blocked? You know, not many. And then, you know, it might be down to him, but I'm, I'm looking at the work he does in that secondary. If you keep him as a special teams guy and a special teams guy only, fine. But we've only got four safeties and they've got to contribute. He just doesn't do that. Okay, right. Last up then, special teams. We'll start with, I think it's my turn, actually. Um, we have Randy Bullock and Kane, uh, Zane Gonzalez as the kickers. Jack Fox is uncontested as the punter. Scott Daly uncontested as the long snapper. Um, so the only choice we have is Bullock or Gonzalez, or neither, potentially, if you have got want to go that route. Perfectly viable to do so. It was mentioned in the chat a few times by people, and it's been mentioned by Pride of Detroit. You can cut both kickers um, and you know you've got a roster spot for someone else and then just pick up someone else when you need them for week one because kickers you know they're a dime a dozen at this we've got a replacement level player whatever happens so why not just pick up the replacement level player when you need him that's the argument for that but I am actually keeping one I'm keeping Randy Bullock um, he's had the greater opportunity and he has one bad day in camp but apart from that He's kicked every kick he's had, so I don't see any reason to get rid of him. His career average is fine. It's nothing to write home about, but you know what? I don't feel good about picking him. I don't really want him here, but he's the guy who's here, so you know I'm going with it. Anyway, so Randy, Jack Fox, MVP, and Scott Daly for me. How about you, Ant? Same. Not much to say other than Fox. I'd always be looking for better replacements elsewhere, but for now, take those three. Ryan? Yeah, cut both kickers are shit. And that kills me. Because <laughs> then Gonzalez is my college record holder, but no, they're both shit. We can both go. We can work out a million kickers. There's bloody hundreds of thousands of them just sat at home doing no. Like say, there's bloody YouTube trick kickers we've had that could probably do it just as well. <laughs> so I've been a million of them trying out. Scott okay. Daly, well, I didn't agree with cutting Big Don. But like you say, it's just bloody long snapping. You could teach a chimp or a gorilla to do it, so let's just keep him. And we've got Legatron, aren't we? So we've got the best punter in the league. He's going to be one of our best players again this year because we're going to suck. How about you, mine? Yeah, I'm going to go obviously Fox and Daly, but then I will keep Bullock. But yeah, I'm not asked either. I still have my uh, Matt Prater bromance on the go. So um, I think Bullock's been fairly, you know, solid over his career. I think he has a record for the Bengals' longest kick, longest field goal. Bit of boring information for you there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I know I, I'm really not asked really. Like I say, if we, if we cut both, I'm not bothered. Like I say, we can pick one up, but. Um, while he's there, I'm happy to keep him. All right, boys. I'm just going to compile the information that we've just got to break down our full 53-man roster. There's a question, actually, which asked in the chat, which if you can discuss that between yourselves while I do, that would be quite good. 
Um, where was it? It was from Carlton Wood, and he says, Seems you guys are building a 53-man roster from the existing players, but who gets cut from your 53-man squad first, free agent acquisitions or trades, and what positions? So you guys have kind of predicted your own 53s, but who's kind of like the 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 weakest guy that you can think of on that 53, the first guy you're cutting if you want to find a, a, a replacement? Yeah, well, I'll start by that. Thanks for the question. I'm probably going to go with Javon McKinley. Like say, he's had a very limited workload. I'm kind of biased going off what he produced. He could be explosive at Notre Dame, but he's not managed to show it hugely. I'm all aboard the train right now where Texans are having a fire sale. Let's go get Brandon Cooks because he's going to be cheap. So Javon McKinley will be the first team to go off mine because there's a large deep pool of wide receivers. And I could pick someone up with at least 10 years, my experience, probably the same cost, if not less. Um, I think it's got to be safety for me. I, I said Jalen Elliott on there, but we just so, so, so badly need a safety. So if one was to come up on waivers who I wanted, then, you know, I like Elliott, but he'd be the first to go and to get a much better guy in for me. I think definitely he'd be the first. I mean, for me, I'd look at uh, adding to the wide receivers if we can. Um, if there's any kind of quality comes through, not deciding whether, you know, not sure whether it will be or not. Then probably potentially linebacker. I did an additional one there. But yeah, I think CJ Moore, probably one of the first ones out the door of the ones I've put through. Yeah, I think it's just, it's the three bad positions. The wide receiver, linebacker and safety are the, are the three bad ones. So I think, you know, if we could get one of each of them at least, I think you'd feel a lot better going into this season. I keep my eye on tight end as well. If something comes through on tight end there, um, that's worth picking up, but I'm not sure for a third that there's going to be much there. But Yeah, I yeah. think for me, I'd go tight end primarily, actually, because I don't think Brock Wright at the moment is good enough and I don't know what his ceiling is, but... You know, if you can show something, that would be great. O-line is the biggest one for me. I think, especially at tackle, that's where you really need to, to look at it. And it depends whether Matt Nelson gets in for you or not. But, you know, either way, we need some sort of depth there. So those are my two biggest spots. The, the defense is weak right now. But trying to identify one guy to cut from that group is really hard because there's lots of kind of similarly skilled guys on that defense who just aren't good enough. So... Anymore? They're not important groups, isn't it? <laughs> we just listed all the major food groups. <laughs> Any more thoughts before I reveal a 53? <sighs> all right, let's do it then. So in terms of picking who's doing it and not, I'm having to try and pick between a load of guys who've got two votes out of us four. Because there's a load of guys with two. If they got three or four, they're in. If they got two, it was about me trying to compare between what the sort of norms are in terms of position groups. And then I took the guys with two in the groups who are kind of lacking. Um, so that's how that's explained. If you want to see the exact votes and, and breakdowns and just let me know, and I can kind of reveal that to you guys uh, out there in the sphere. But um, we are starting with quarterbacks and we're going with all three. So Tim Boyle only got two out of the four votes. But it looks like he's going to go on IR immediately, Tim Boyle. And then we end up with two anyway. So I just thought, well, OK, we'll go with that. I think that 
it seems likely that that's what the Lions are going to do anyway, so it seems like you can have more realistic projection if you if you put him through there. But that doesn't mean it opens up a spot for someone we're about to cut on waivers to come immediately back. So in running backs, we are taking five, and we're taking Swift, Williams, Jefferson, Reynolds, and Cabinda. So, you know, Godwin, my guy, only got one vote. Mills only got one vote. I anticipate them both getting the practice squad and going through waivers, but we'll see. Uh, for the wide receivers, we have five only. Tyrell Williams, Amon Rasson Brown, Khalif Raymond, Quintus Cephas, and Tom Kennedy. The only other guys to get a vote were Geronimo Allison and Javon McKinley with one each, but that is not enough. Uh, tight ends, it was unanimous. The only one that we have that was unanimous. Four votes each for Hawkinson, Fells, and Wright. Mack does not get a single vote to stay. In terms of the O-line, Darren Paolo is the only one who doesn't make it. Matt Nelson just makes the cut on two votes, but everyone else gets four. And that is Decker, Jackson, Ragnall, Vitae, Sewell, Kramer, Brown, and Stenberg. Defensive tackles, we are taking seven. Brockers, McNeil, Pans, Onwuzurike, Penasini, Strong, and Hector, with a decision to be made about Cornell after week three. Edge players, we're taking four. That's Flowers, Aquara, Aquara, and Harris. Bryant had two votes, but missed out because I put in Boyle at quarterback. Penasini and Hector at defensive tackle, amongst others who also got two votes, so he's unfortunate to miss out. Uh, linebacker, we're taking only four. With Collins, Anzalone, Barnes, and Pittman making it. Reeves may have been with two votes as well, unlucky to miss out. But there's been a lot of talk about the Lions only taking four linebackers potentially. And so I thought on tiebreakers, that might be one that does for him. Cornerbacks, we're taking six, which is Jeff Akuda, Emmanuel O'Reilly, Ifati Melifonwu, AJ Parker, Bobby Price, and Nico Robbie Coleman. Corn Elder, Jerry Jacobs, both had two votes with six corners already, I think that's probably going to be enough. It might be that one of those two guys either hits the practice squad or makes a comeback when Hand and Boyle both hit IR. So we're going to be two guys short. For safeties, we're taking four with Walker, Harris, Marlowe, and CJ Moore getting there with two votes. It depends whether you do class Price as a safety or a cornerback. But three safeties just seems too Small, most teams carry four, if not five. So with only two votes, CJ Moore makes it. And then on special teams, Randy Bullock with three votes makes it. And then Jack Fox and Scott Daly were unopposed. So that comes to your 53-man squad. We'll be very quickly trimmed to 51 with IR moves or anticipated IR moves. So there's room to for those guys to come back who have been cut. But what do you think, guys? That's the, the consensus for the Lions. 53-man squad. Any surprises for you? Um, probably not, I guess. I think, you know, a lot of the guys who've missed are fringe players. I don't think there's any really big names in there who are going to miss out. I think running back's a toss-up. I think all of those guys could go, and I don't think we should be surprised, you know. Whoever misses out, it's going to be a shame. But apart from that, yeah, I think it's to be expected. I think we're going to see some surprises tomorrow. I think there's going to be some guys that make it that we haven't called there. Um, you know, I, I think there is that um, 
expectation that that some guys will will make it through that that perhaps you know the coaching team have seen more of at training camp than we've seen in the games. Um, you know, but it's a toss up on a number of those positions, and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go the other way. But yeah, I'm looking forward to an interesting day tomorrow. I think you know defensive ta- uh, sorry defensive tackle and running back are the two very interesting ones because that's generally where we've got depth in talent you know and it's going to be it's going to be a shame to see some of these guys leave but i think in nearly every other positional group we'll probably be quite understanding with whoever goes we've got these two units that it's going to be a shame to see some of them leave yeah because in the tackles you you effectively probably have to cut two of and Williams, Penasini, Strong, and Hector, which is just horrible. You don't want to do that to any of them. Well, maybe there are some you do want to do it to, and you kind of, I don't know, it depends on Williams whether you like him or not, but, you know. All right. Um, any more thoughts before we sign off, boys? Because it's been a long one. All right. I just want to say I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. I think they're going to do some things we don't like. I am 99% sure they're going to keep Tivai and piss off 100% of the fan base. <laughs> Please, God, no. I mean, I'm not going to look I forward do. to it because it's just I, a load of guys getting sacked. But... Sorry, say... If Tavai makes it, then I think I'm staying off Twitter for a couple of hours while that bomb goes off. It's going to be horrific. A couple of hours, Martin. Try the entire season. I know that, that's just you, Ant, as well. <laughs> hey, I've been one of his, but I'll, you know, I'll, you know, I think we're we're all going to be annoyed tomorrow. I think we've all been annoyed by at least one today, possibly. I think there's going to be a lot tomorrow because there, there was a lot of there was a bit more disagreement than I thought in this, especially over guys like Hand and over the running backs. I just, it's going to be a tough watch. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it could well be a tough watch. Right. Um, okay, so we've done our 53-man roster prediction, but let's see what happens tomorrow. Our next episode will be this time next week. So that's Monday, September 6th. We will be reviewing the cuts, and we're going to make our season's predictions. So looking at the roster we've just built and actually what then shakes out on Tuesday, we're going to have a look at the schedule and predict how it's going to go for the Lions. Some of us may be chugging a bit more than others, but we'll find out. Um, don't forget to hit us up on our socials, Rural the Lions UK on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes, Ant? I was just about to say as well, don't forget about Ooh, Wednesday. Yes. Um, Wednesday, that will be the second edition of our uh, college football uh, podcast. We're going to take a look back at the first few games which have just gone on this weekend. And then we're going to look at a properly loaded first week schedule that's coming up. So, you know, that's coming Wednesday. Do join us for that one as well. That's going to be fun. Thank you, pardon. I've just put that in the doc. So don't forget that next time because we did it last week as well. Thank you, pardon. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the first episode, it is a bit longer than the episodes which are coming up, but it's absolutely a must listen, especially if you've been curious about what college football actually is. So for myself, I've only ever watched the NFL. If you come from the UK especially, you know, that's what's on TV the majority of the time. That's what you see, so that's what you learn about. But college is where all these guys come from. You hear all these terms like FCS, FBS, um, you know, Heisman Trophy, all that jazz. 
But if you don't know what any of those things mean, or you just want to have a comprehensive look at what college football actually is, I recommend that highly. It's uh, about an hour and 40 minutes long, but it's packed full of information, which is going to really help you out for this college football season. So do go and do that. Um, just finishing up with our social media accounts, um, the Facebook group, which we're affiliated with, which Ryan um, actually runs, um, Ryan Farzen, uh, it's called Detroit Lions Fans UK One Pride Worldwide. So it's for fans from all over the world. Come and connect with us there. And our website, royalthelionsuk.com, you'll find lots of articles there to go and have a look at rich your knowledge. Subscribe and rate us five stars on your podcast provider. We'd really appreciate you doing that for us. Um, remains for me to thank the guys who've been watching along live on YouTube and Twitch, to you guys listening on the audio pod. We appreciate your review. To my co-host, to Anthony Fitzpatrick, Ryan McCluskey, Martin Birrell, thank you for joining me. I'm Matthew Turner. We'll see you Wednesday for the Cottage Football Podcast, and then Monday looking at the cut. So let's go, Lions. One pride. One pride. <laughs>